What's it like to be a witch in today's world? Tune in and find out. In this episode, I drop in with one of my closest friends, Chloe Elgar, for her third appearance on my podcast, and we discuss what it's truly like to live as the embodiment of your truth, and in her case, as a witch. Tune in and learn the importance of creating for yourself versus creating for optics, why many of us are currently craving to slow down and become more intentional with our creations, the difference between befriending the darkness and doing shadow work, why death needs to be honored for what it is, the difference between being your truth and proving your truth, and what it's like to be a witch in today's highly judgmental and censor-obsessed world. Chloe Elgar is a rune, witch, and seer. Her work is steeped in the traditions and wisdom of the North. She worked closely with the runes and the laws of nature. Chloe is also the creator of the mystical online shop Nightwing Goods that sells magical goods that invite you into a deeper connection with your ancestors, magic, and darker realms. Whether you're a loyal listener or brand new to the podcast, please take a moment to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes and on Spotify. Now we dive deep into a conversation that will shift the way you think about your own death and creation process. Beyond the narrative, underneath the veil of illusion, and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth, where today's leaders, changemakers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative, arrive at potent truth, and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremont, for weekly guidance, channeled messages, and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery. I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. And we're back. <laughs> we are back. For the third time. Third time. The only guest to have ever come on the show three times so honored well it's just because I like you that much I love it <laughs> yay and I love our conversations Aww, yeah. and for everyone listening and or watching if you have not heard or tuned into the previous episodes there's episode 274 which is fucking amazing i just re-listened to it yesterday it's Isn't that so, one, so good that's today 274 oh that is today hold <laughs> which on which is right now and it's which amazing right it it's hasn't so happened good. yet i promise <laughs> no episode 235 befriending God. the dark that yeah. we recorded after both our books were launched yes and then there's episode 97 entitled we're all empaths because we are okay <laughs> <laughs> it's true and that was recorded i believe in 2018 which was a year after my podcast came out. That one, unfortunately, you won't find on iTunes or Spotify because half of my episodes were deleted when mm. I did a changeover, but it's on YouTube. Cool. So if you want to watch the evolution of Chloe, 
And you. And me. (laughs) I would start there. Just hit pause and go listen to those episodes. And as for today, I feel like, I mean, we recorded our last episode in 2021. Mm. It is now 2023. But when I feel into it, it feels like we've both had crazy, like, I I don't even know the adjective (laughs) to use here. Just like an insane journey since then. Mm-hmm. that um, has taken each of us even deeper into the darkness mm-hmm. while also really, I think we both always navigated with blinders in some way, shape, or form. Right. But this enforced that. Yeah. And um, I want to start, let's start with the books because I feel like that's where we left off. I love it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, We both released our books in what, July 2021? Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. And I think it was like within a couple days of each other. Literally. Or was it, it might have even been the same day. I think it was the same week. Because I think (laughs) mine was supposed to be a couple days after yours, but then you know how it is with Amazon, you submit it and then it's like, oh, it'll come out in 72 hours. And I think yours came out and then I was like, mine's out too. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I know we both experienced quite the journey with the writing process, Mm -hmm. quite the journey with the birthing process. And Mm -hmm. then there's like this weird postpartum process. Right. And I would love for you to speak about your experience with that. Mm. I mean, I think that my favorite, probably my my favorite part of the book was writing it because it was the most personal and like the most just me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tend to be, this is something that I'm always like quite inspired by you because you're, by the way, there's like a huge hawk flying or I think it's a hawk that's a vulture oh my god of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm like I can't ignore that we've just got this like For dinosaur like there's a vulture flying outside my window right now which is one of my guides so perfect um but yeah I'm always really inspired by you because of how you are you're very good at it feels like you're very good at bringing people into the experience. I mean, we're doing a podcast right now, right? And I tend to be a little bit more, especially as I get older, I'm like quite introverted. And and the way that I roll is like once I've created something, continuing to like talk about it. And like, I always think about authors and how they do um, published like tours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that because once something is completed for me, it's completed. And so it's sort of hard for me to like go back and talk about it. So I remember after it being out, I had this, it was challenging to like read chapter, you know, like do things to market it. That was because, and I almost like would forget that I wrote the book. I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot that I have this (laughs) book here Um, because it was so personal. And because it's a psychic, it's because it's a memoir, it really is, um, it's like deeply personal. And because uh, as I was writing it, um, it kept changing because the the title is Revealed by Darkness. And it was um, obvious, it was my story of um, growing up as a psychic and embracing my gifts as a medium. But what I sort of didn't realize when I started writing the book was that it was really about my initiation into death and darkness, which was led by the death of my dogs. And so it was like, as I was getting, like finishing the book, the book kept changing because 
uh, first Blue died and then we were ready to put it out. But then Ollie got had cancer. So then I was like, oh, fuck, I can't like not like Ollie's been my dog for 13 years. And I could feel Ollie being like, I need to be in this book. Like mm-hmm. my death needs to be in this book. So, you know, having to like quickly write or Ollie's chapter. Um, so it was such a so, so personal and, and really um traumatizing but in a very sacred way kind of Mm -hmm. it's a kind of weird thing to say so when when it was out there was this level of like mm, almost challenge with being super open and getting diving into the mainstream marketing sort of model Mm -hmm. which is always like so challenging for me I'm never good at that kind of shit but you know so you have all these like well, I don't different- think it's that you're never good at it I think it just doesn't align for you it really doesn't align yeah <laughs> let's get thank that you. clear thank and you I, for because I think there's a, also a lot of viewers and listeners who feel that way too like right. it's not about being good at something I think that right. if we're given the instructions and told how to do it we could do it like yes. you're smart right. you could right, do right, it right 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 yeah. but it doesn't align with your soul no right? totally yeah and and yeah with I mean it's like I watched a couple like I watched like three YouTube videos a couple days before it came out and it was like, this is what you should do to market. And I was just like, okay, I can't do any of that. Fuck it. I can't do any of that. It's out. <laughs> like, hope you guys like it. Um, and, and that for me was the, it's just, it's, it's a different way of exactly what you just said. And for me, that's always been my path is that since I was a little girl, if something doesn't align, mm-hmm. it's just, I actually, I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Um, I'll try to, and I will very quickly get like rerouted and intercepted. Um, and so, and for me, the the thing about the book that kept feeling true was that the book has its own life. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much like with what people say when you uh, put out a book is that it's a, you birth it. And it's true because it's not yours. Like mm-hmm. it becomes its own essence. It becomes its own being. And that's how I feel about it. Like when I return to it and go and sit with it, I'm like, oh, hey, like you're, you know, you've got all these like beautiful parts of you. Yeah. But it's this, it's a, it's like a, um, it's a sacred um, object almost for mm-hmm. me in, in that I get to look back on. Um, but yeah, it was it it was a strange process from it going for after it went out. Like when mm-hmm. after it was published, it sort of just became it had its own life and yeah. I would be able to connect with it sometimes. Um but that's that's kind of how it's been since then. It's like it's out. I I think that um you know, I know that it impacts people. I'm and that's the thing that every time I sit with it, I really do know that it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. deeply powerful, impactful book. And that was also a really uh, beautiful process for me because if you're like, if you really know me, you'll know that when it's so ironic that before this book, I published a book, self-published a book like 2015 called Living in Li- Living in the Light. How hilarious is that? <laughs> and it's like a, because that was when I was a holistic nutritionist, it's mm-hmm. like a cookbook. And that when I put that book out, it, I was at such a different point. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. 20. So a uh, different person. That and was I, like your podcast days? It was my podcast days. Yeah. yeah Conscious conversation. Totally different headshot. Like I don't even recognize oh my you. God, yeah. I was looking at it today oh this morning because I was searching you on Spotify and I was that like, was, oh my God. Oh yeah, when is, she goes wow. back. Okay. Damn. She's been around, been around yeah. a while. Yeah. 
Um, but I remember when I put that out and I, I, I felt good about it, but I didn't feel a connection to it. Cause I was more, even though I was still very much Chloe, like doing my own thing, I was, I was more in the mainstream pipeline. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I didn't have this deep connection with it. And with this book, now, when I look on at living in light, I'm like, Oh, Chloe, you know, it's yeah. like when you look How at cute. like young pictures so of endearing. yourself. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. And I'm, I'm proud of you, but like, look at where you were. Whereas with this book, I really feel this like, um, reverence. Yeah. Like, wow, this book really represents something. So I'm, I'm sort of blown away that I created that and that the people that came together, like Paulina, my best friend who did the illustrations, like I'm just, I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And I'll still stand by what I've shared publicly before. I think it is literally the best written oh, memoir. You. Like your wow. storytelling is so captivating. I've never been so captivated by a book. Like it's been a very <clears throat> long time yeah. for me to not want to put a book down. Right. And I didn't want to put your book down because I was like, oh my God, what happens next? Where does she go next? Where's this leading me? Oh my God. <laughs> what happens? Like what happens? Yeah. yeah. Um, really, really well done. And within the writing, because you are truly sharing your story from your heart Mm -hmm. there are so many insights that become illuminated within that Mm -hmm. that I think are really really important for people to hear because I believe that the traditional memoir type I mean most people in personal development or spiritual development write uh, a mix right kind of like my book has like a bit of my life story and then some teachings right and then when people try and do the memoir thing sometimes they don't drop in right uh, deep enough into the darkness because they're so excited to just show everyone here's where I was in the pain right and then here's the big rock bottom and here's the climax and this is is where I am now yeah right whereas you didn't really do that in the book which is representative of your work too and you know, we address a lot of the darkness in the last episode, but I want to touch on, because I think this is so important. You shared a very, very important distinction in that last episode that I think we need to like refresh. Yeah. And it was the distinction between like the darkness and working with the darkness and shadow work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's a big one. And I remember when we were talking about that, we were both like, yeah, right. Um, and so basically, uh, in the previous episode, cause what I, and, and it's becoming illuminated or in darkened more and more as years go by, because I think that, um, light consciousness and the way that we approach spirituality is, you know, the veil is the veils are lifting mm-hmm. in its own, um, cycle. Like I think it happens it's happened in history before and it's starting to happen again because we get this big, really big imbalance. And so for me, I see the concept of darkness. uh, So in our, in our, in the spiritual world and like self-help healing industries, we always, whenever someone brings up darkness, people are always like talking about shadow work. That's Mm -hmm. usually what they talk about. Right. And to me, it's, they're different because when we do that, we immediately villainize or make darkness this less counterpart to light. And in the work that I've done and the teachings that I've become integrated into um, and the wisdom that my guides and my um, connection to my ancestors offers me is this understanding that darkness has its own essence. And Mm -hmm. it's not 
a, it's not a partner always to light, right? So when we look at shadow work, there's this understanding, and I'm just looking at the shadows that are in the room right now. Shadows get created when there's a relationship between light and dark, mm-hmm. right? So the idea that when light projects onto an object, it creates a shadow. Mm-hmm. And so that is something that is different to when you're in a room that's completely dark. There are no shadows, mm-hmm. right? So what happens when it's all darkness? And to, and so for me, we always approach that from a place of like, like you, it's in our language. And this was something that one of my teachers, my rune teacher, Ingrid Kincaid, really like, it was something that I was always ex, uh, curious about and exploring in my own mind, but didn't really know how to like anchor it into language and expression. But the idea of just paying attention to how we talk about and relate to darkness on a daily experience Mm -hmm. in our society. Mm -hmm. And you'll notice, I mean, just like paying attention for a day, just Mm -hmm. spend 12 hours paying attention to how often darkness is related to, um, you know, negativity, evil, uh, evil, yeah, anything that's bad Mm -hmm. or scary or dangerous. Um, And you'll rarely, if not ever, notice someone talk about darkness in a way that's not charged Mm -hmm. and that to me is an issue and it's a huge issue because for and in my personal experience um being super uh so sensitive to spirits and being aware of other energies around me as a kid i but also being in our in our world i had this i had a like through osmosis experienced this or like absorbed this um belief that what I was experiencing was bad. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is that the deeper I go into my work and the more I especially um, connect to Nordic traditions and um, wisdom of uh, like the Northern territories in Europe and um, Scandinavia and the different historical like mythological understandings, the more I start to realize that a lot of the beings that I noticed and felt when I was younger were actually some beings that I know now. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they not bad, mm-hmm. but they were being portrayed and through the, the world that I was living in. So I was scared of them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they were monsters and these like evil beings that were coming to hurt me. But now I actually, like one of them is actually one of my main guides, mm-hmm. right? So it's so interesting how like I, because I didn't know that, I basically was afraid. And that was something that I, like in our, the previous episode, we talk about how I had to go to the ranch to like basically meet all these beings. And confront them and it's our relationship to fear is like we have to learn how to stand in our power and you know it's like you know the idea of illuminating something but what about if it's like in darkening it like stand in Mm -hmm. the dark long enough to be able to see see different to Mm -hmm. adapt to whatever it is that you can't see or that you're sensing yeah so um so I always like to think about darkness as also I mean nature is like my ultimate teacher um, and I know it's like a popular thing to say nowadays, right. but I truly mean it. Yeah. Um, and so it's like I when I go and sit in nature and I think about some of these concepts like light and dark or shadow, I look at animals and I'm like, 
do you guys have any feelings about like mm -hmm. shadow and all this? Right. Or like what happens at nighttime? There's even this like new show on Netflix. I, I forget what it's called, but it's, a, it's like, it's all about all these like night, um, all the things that happen at night mm -hmm. in different parts of the wild around the world. And it's, again, it's like portrayed in this very dangerous, like sinister language. And I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Like, you know, it makes like lions seem like they're these like evil, right? you know, dangerous beings. And, and it's like, they're, they're beings. This is mm -hmm. how they live. They hunt and they, they, um, you know, will track other, their, their victim or victims, like their prey. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, we as humans have made everything that is, we don't understand or that we feel some sort of trepidation around as evil and we attach this stuff to it yeah because we don't feel like we can control it yeah right yeah and that is like essentially the foundation of it but you know and then you start to see how that trickles down and another piece that i think you you watch 1923 have you been watching 1923 the it's like, so Yellowstone, you're like, what? Oh what? my God, wait, okay, so why? Yellowstone, I love Yellowstone. I know, I know you do. That's why I'm like, <laughs> hold on. So have you seen the prequel, 1883? Oh yeah, but I haven't seen, it's out. Okay, so 1923 it's out is the second. So it's, so 1883, have you, did you watch 1883 with no, us? No, what? Oh my, Ruby, what are you doing? I don't know. Okay, Where? we have to stop, like immediately. Okay, so. Stop recording. Yeah, that's it. We're going to be doing a Yellowstone powwow. So. <laughs> 1883 is the prequel and it's like the the story of the founding family of the Duttons who traveled across America from Texas to eventually Montana and the story of them you know it's kind of like uh what's it called the wagons mm -hmm. the like immigrant families and just like th that's that story that that series is or that season is the story and it's so beautiful. And the main character, Elsa, you're just going to fall in love with her. And and I, I feel like, I hope I'm Elsa, honestly. Okay, well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. So, yes. Got it. Once you're done that, okay. then 1923 is the next season, which is the family, which is event, like, you know, obviously progression of the time. And in 1923, Taylor Sheridan, the writer of mm -hmm. um, Yellowstone, he's just, I mean, you, what you said about my memoir, thank you very much in my writing. It's like the writer for Yellowstone is, I'm so inspired by him because he is willing to go where people are often not going. Mm -hmm. And this requires a deeper relationship with darkness right. because like with my book, there were many moments where I wrote different parts of the story and I were, and I was like, can I put this in the book, right? Yeah. But I'm like, I, it came through me, I have to. Right. It's yeah. not actually my choice. I have to trust what I'm getting. Definitely. There were moments like, I don't know if you remember the scene where I was on like the rocking horse. Yes. Yeah. And I remember writing that and being like, fuck, this is kind of like really personal to put in my book. But but it feels like that's what you were saying about um, like human beings put the charge on everything. Yes. We put the emotional charge to everything. Right. Words included. Right. But it feels like what you're speaking of is like bringing the sense of neutrality mm -hmm. to dark and light. And so that we can start to see it for what it truly is. Right. Totally. So that we can be because right. we're it's this idea that I mean, like to it connects to what I was talking, what is it going to with the 1923 thing. So 
in this season, he goes deeper into the story of the um, colonial Catholic schools coming into the territories, the native territories Mm -hmm. and taking the children and putting them into Catholic schools. And it's very intense the way that he tells it, but I be- I mean, you're like, this is definitely what happened for right. sure. So thank goodness someone is finally telling a version of truth, right? Um, and in it, though, there's like the Catholic priest and, and nuns and they're, you know, using rulers and smacking the girls across the head. And when they're using their language and they're like, don't use that foul, uh, sinful Mm-hmm. Um, savage language, mm-hmm. right? Or and it's like you can see them trying to break their spirit. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it's like that anything like that calls me so deeply because it's this idea that our spirits have been broken by uh, by light consciousness. And and they were even saying in in it like you know come to the light, let God save you mm-hmm. in the light. And it's like, and I'm not bashing on light, like I love light, right? right. But it's this I, but it's like. And I think that sometimes people wonder that, and I'm not like this dark being who hates light, but it's like, we need to tell the She's story. She's not an entity. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to come and haunt, haunt you. Um, but it's <laughs> like, God. we need to tell the story that's mm-hmm. not been told yeah. of the dark. And mm-hmm. it's similar to what Taylor Sheridan is doing in his, in his shows, I feel, is that he's telling the stories that haven't been told in his way. But I, I feel like he's probably doing a lot of research and trying to do it in, in as much respect as possible. But that to me is the darkness is like the stuff that has been hidden and it goes, I work with the runes a lot. Um, a lot is a, the, a, the wrong word to use deeply intimately. And even with the runes, um, most people know of the runes as Odin's runes and the elder Futhark. And there's, you know, the stories of the runes are very one-sided, but even with the runes, there's like the elder Futhark set, but most sets don't actually include the giants because mm. the giants are sort of seen as like the sinister, mm. you know, like uh, ugly beings that that Odin didn't um, that Odin wanted to control. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're even sort of forgotten. Right. So it's like that's the stuff that I'm very interested in always is like what's not being told, what stories are being left out. What are we not looking at by always seeing things this one way? And, you know, it's like paying attention as a writer, I'm always interested in language and paying attention to how words are being used to manipulate or control the mm-hmm. narrative. Right. And so that's, and it's a, it's a big thing. And, and, and especially as a psychic as well, it's a, it's a thing as well as like noticing where there's charge because as energy in energy healing, it's actually got nothing to do with what the person's saying. It's all about like what are what charge is present mm-hmm. in what what how they're feeling and what they're bringing forward, yeah. right? And if you are afraid of different things because of charges, then you're not going to be able to go deep enough, right, to access the truth. Yeah, versus being curious about oh, interesting. I'm feeling really emotionally charged about this word, or when someone's saying this word, right. something's happening inside my body. That's interesting. And really dropping into the curiosity versus the judgment of it. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a good place to segue into <laughs> because there is a big emotional charge with this word, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, I have felt just, I mean, I've known, I think very soon after Chloe's countertop started to dissipate <laughs> yeah. and channel by Chloe started coming out. <laughs> 
it was in in a lot of your shares it was obvious that there was like this the the witchery part was coming through more of the nordic past like mm-hmm. you were bringing a lot of that in but without really saying it and almost like just peppering it <laughs> here and there and then that started to become louder and i feel like after you birthed your book yeah you were just like fuck it <laughs> i'm just going to show up here i am this is what I'm about and this is what I do. And it felt so good to witness you mm. do that, almost like a reclamation versus a statement right. versus a declaration. Mm. Like you were reclaiming something that for so long had been buried mm-hmm. or hidden or you felt like you had to hide. And in this, I mean, as much as you and I want to say we're not part of this quote unquote industry yeah people lump us into that industry yeah and when i say industry i mean like personal development coaching spiritual blah 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 all that yeah. <laughs> um we don't really fit we in don't there we're yeah. like the misfits yeah. we're okay we're in our own lane a hundred percent um but to come out to and say that i have seen and i know you've seen this too mm. A lot of people coming out over the past few years, like since 2020, there's almost been like this turbulent um, upheaval, Mm. which has caused people to go deeper into their truth. But it's also pushed people deeper into illusion Mm -hmm. and desperation. Mm -hmm. So now everyone can channel light beings. Now everyone can speak light language. Now everyone is, you know, all the things. But the, I also started seeing like people claiming being a witch. Right. But it felt so mm, off. Yeah. But for you, it feels like a reclamation. And I know that that took a lot of, um, I'm going to assume courage <laughs> <laughs> to come out as a witch. Yeah. Um, but I want to know what that process was like for you mm. and why that felt really important. Yeah. Um, it's so fun to hear like others reflect reflection of others. Cause you know, when you're just on your, when you're just doing your thing. So it's so, and I always, you know, we've, we've witnessed each other for, mm-hmm. I mean, at least five years, but longer, longer, longer. Are you kidding me? So it's when I hear like you say time. Chloe's countertop, I'm like, Oh, it's been like a decade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's been a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I'm sure courage was, I mean, yes, courage was there. I feel my mom, like because of my mom, like I grew up with a mom who was, and I write about this in my book. Um, I, like, she, like, I read about this in my book. I did didn't, I, you did just I said I read? read about this. I mean, I do read my book from time to time. I'm like, who wrote? Like, this is a great story. Wow. You know, I mean, because, and I always loved memoirs. So the, they were always the books that I would read. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I read it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So I wrote about it in the book because my mom was very much, she was a witch. Uh, she was very witchy and you know, throughout my childhood. And in our, where we lived in Malaysia, you know, in a um, expat community, lots of, you know, lots of teachers is basically a mixture of teachers and oil and gas industry uh, and diplomats. So not a lot of witches. Um, 
<laughs> and any. also a Muslim country, right? right? So like not a lot of witches. Um, but my mom was like art teacher, music teacher, but she had, we had like, our whole house was like, you know, covered in Buddhas. Like we had Buddhas all over the place and stat- other statues of like Lakshmi and um, uh, Kali. I'm like, what's your name? Uh, so we had, I was always surrounded by her and her expression and but when I was younger because of the polarity of what I was experiencing and being a like very masculine dominant male dominant world um her essence was really like interpreted as bad Mm. and weak and crazy Mm -hmm. uh and and because my mom was so not in a good place in her life it manifested as that often so it was it was like self-fulfilling prophecy but she also never felt seen or heard and that was just like being perpetuated through her experience and her family but the thread of her and i write in my books my mom has this um birthmark across Mm. her like eye her Mm -hmm. face Um, and it's like, it's pretty obvious she's been covering it her whole life, but it's this, it's a really big part of her life that she's kept mostly hidden. Like most Mm. people have no Mm -hmm. idea. Um, but I always remember when I was younger, like I would watch her, uh, like put her makeup on every morning and be, and I would, you know, sometimes ask her, but I always felt this, like, I knew I felt so much shame with Mm. her around it. Um, and it was not it I was in my 20s I think when mom did a reading she was always doing readings with psychics and stuff um and she did a reading with this one medium who told her that she had been branded in a previous lifetime as a witch mm. and like oh, goosebumps yeah <laughs> and it was very much like yeah that that that's accurate for sure because that was always a th- something that we felt for her so even though like I was, you know, holistic nutritionist, close counter shop, yada, yada, like the, super blonde, super blonde, yeah, super hair. blonde. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like very totally girls and girl next door yeah. sort of vibes, which I think sometimes perhaps I still there. There's that element of me it was, always. It was part of that season. Like it was nothing is good or season. bad or wrong no. or right. It's yeah. just the evolution. We yeah, great. we love it all. She's yeah, great. we love her. Um, But the witch stuff was always there. It was just more on the inside. Like you felt it at that time. Yes. In the era of Chloe's countertop, you knew she was there. Yeah. And my, my, I mean, since I was little, like my brother would always be like, what are you doing, Chloe? Like, so did it feel like you were doing what your mom was doing and putting the makeup on to cover it? It wasn't something that I was conscious of, but right. yes, for sure. Right. Like there was, I mean, I had a lot of insecurities and I was very, um, yeah, I was very anxious. Like I, I was always really because because at the time I hadn't really embraced my my gifts and my abilities as a psychic. So there was a lot of running away from that too. And all of these parts that are now so clearly a part of me were they were hidden with all the other stuff. So it's kind of it's like Pandora's box. Like mm-hmm. it was all in the box. And so, um, but. I always remember that because my brother, I always refer it back to my brother because he's quite like, quote unquote, normal. Um, And so he was always like, you know, he's surrounded by me and my mom. And we were always, you know, we were always like doing tarot and stuff and saying crazy things to him and and whatnot. 
And so, but I remember... God bless your brother. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. But the funny <laughs> thing is that he pretends he's not like a wizard, but... And his his wife is a psychic as well. So of I'm course. like, come on, Sam. Right. <laughs> um, but I always remember we were at a dinner in Vancouver with my mom and me and my mom, and my brother. And I forget what happened. We were in uh, Yale Town mm-hmm. for all the Vancouver peeps. Um, and, but I said something to him and I was like, you know, I'm a witch, Sam. Right. And he was like, Chloe, please don't like, (laughs) and it was so funny because it was like just this moment. I think I had been going through some changes and it was just like, and he was like, no, 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 Chloe, like, please, please stop. Like, cause he's like, I know you're, I know this is who you are, but you know, Sam always would have this thing because because of growing up with me that, you know, I can be kind of intense and it would manifest in like sort of intense ways. So he's like, what's going to happen? Like, what are you going to do next? So. um, So, yeah, so it was always there, but obviously with the book and again, it was like sort of unconscious. I wasn't like I'm going to write a psychic memoir, put it out reclaim my title as rune witch right it wasn't, showing it wasn't a, everyone it wasn't a marketing <laughs> there wasn't like strategy. a timeline like on right. march 2nd i'm yeah. gonna leave, right <laughs> it was all just this natural evolution i also feel that moving from vancouver to austin something something um activated as well for me i also feel that in writing your memoir like you said earlier um, it felt the parts of it felt traumatizing, but yeah. often we have to revisit our trauma in small doses to totally. like kind of titrate ourselves into that experience again, but to also then navigate it from a different perspective, mm-hmm. which then offers you a different perspective on who you be, right? 100%. And it feels like that was also part of what. I don't know, led you into that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there were times when I was, when I would write chapters of the book, uh, especially the earlier chapters with stuff with guys and stuff where, yeah. And because I'm so, um, visual, like I would, and in order to really like with memoir, you, I, I did a retreat, a writing retreat with Cheryl Strait in Greece, uh, who wrote wild, Mm -hmm. um, for two weeks, like you know, seven years ago or something. And that was really powerful because it, it really, it was like a intensive of really learning how, what it means to write, to show, not tell, which I always loved the concept of. And Taylor Sheridan does a brilliant idea, brilliant, brilliant job of this, but it's like so much in writing. And I think maybe this is kind of what you're t- talking about mm-hmm. as well, right? With the reclamation versus the declaration. But it's like, you are so tempted to just, say like it was hot but instead you know to show and be like he was dripping sweat Mm -hmm. his 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 shirt was stained at the pits you know something like that it's like and but so it's like it's tempting to just say it and but it's so much more powerful to allow yourself to become to immerse in the experience and like describe it and be in that I feel like that's the difference between like true embodiment and still trying to prove yourself because the one that has to say it's hot. It was hot is the one that's trying to prove like, no, 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 but it was really hot. Like I'm telling you, versus- <laughs> they, well, they want to get to the point of the story. Right. But it's like you, if you're, you're not, you, the person's not going to be with you if you don't really allow them to, to go there. So totally it's the Im- it, memoir or show not tell is very embodiment, but. And maybe I'm remembering 
wrong, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I saw a singular post where it was like, hey, everyone, I'm a witch. No, No. but there was this energy behind your content Mm -hmm. and your writing Mm -hmm. that began to shift. And I don't even know if you're conscious of it because (laughs) you were in it. Right. Right. Like when we're as we're evolving and if we let that evolution pour out of us versus trying to control it and hide it we don't really notice no but from the outside i started noticing your writing was changing things were almost becoming more poetic like there was a there was a little more uh of uh, showing and sharing of the the witch Mm -hmm. side of you coming out and then all of a sudden now you've got these products and it's like full-on witch yeah (laughs) yeah none of it was planned none of it was um, there was no agenda behind it. And I, I do feel grateful because it sometimes I've, this comes up a lot. And for me, sometimes it always goes back to just like, this is who I always was as a kid. I would just do things. Mm -hmm. There was no, like, can I, I don't know if I should, like, what if this person thinks this sometimes that's there, but most of the time I'm just doing it. Like, If I'm like, you know, okay, I saw a raven, time to get a raven tattoo. It's not like, should I though? What are people going to think? What if I don't like it at some point? Is this the right person? It's just like this person shows up. Okay, can you do the raven tattoo? How do I pay? Like, it's just, I've always just been very much like, I don't overthink stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably what comes through is that it's just sort of like, wait, oh, okay, well, damn, like it's, something's changed. Right. Um, because that is sort of, oh, that's the rhythm of me. And I, I really feel that the more um, connected to nature I am, the more, because to me, we are all, we are all nature. And I don't just mean that from like a spiritual perspective of like, we're nature. <laughs> like, I actually mean that we are actually fucking yeah. nature. We're not, like of or connected to we are we are literally animals like we are earth beings we're not like our bodies die and they get they go into the soil and they become like plants and other you know we eat it's like the concept that we eat our ancestors right like that's why i that's why i'm so drawn to the teachings of the north because they're just so very real mm-hmm. and without the fluff and yeah. without the performance. Right. Like I, I, I do not like performance. No, it's, fuck it, performance. Like, it really does not. I wrote a book on it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> straight up, straight up. You did. But it's like that to me is like the more we become integrated into the the truth of that, not just the concept of it, then you can be that. And I, I just think about like animals. Animals are like, what's Johnny, you know, what's the bird on the, the other branch going to think if I like change my identity tomorrow? Like they're just being, mm-hmm. right? So, and I feel like we have the ability to to be that. We just are, have been trained and um, it's been uh, batted or battered out of us, which goes back, like kind of goes back to that um the 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 story in 1923 like 
it really is visceral for me, like looking at how I always think about, you know, I forget what era it is, but when men would wear the wigs with the white curls oh, yeah. and this like very civilized mm-hmm. and all this. And I'm like, they were all hiding, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it's this idea that we're all hiding mm-hmm. ourselves and with broken down spirits. Yes. Like, and that that's why I'm so drawn to the Mustang because this concept of like, you know, how when, when, when people train horses, they say they break them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's true. They really do break their spirits. And, and when I say the, I mean, we, cause I ride horses right. and have bought, bought horses. So I'm not separate from that. And I have dogs, you know, that have domestic, it's like, there's the evolution of society. And I understand that, but I'm, I'm so drawn to the old ways and I, and I feel that old ways are being brought back mm-hmm. because we're realizing how, uh, how lost we've become because we are constantly focused on the evolution and the advancement to, to basically erase death and become immortal beings. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm actually not interested in that. I want to die at some point. I'm not trying to look like, you know, uh, legally bond, blonde for 50 years <laughs> like so to me that's like the teachings of the dark it's like the concept that people want daylight all the mm-hmm. time right or they want you know it's like there's just it's everywhere right right so yeah it, it, again control like trying yes. to control afraid of the uncertainty that for example nature brings for right. example darkness brings right and i love that you shared oh, with the you know with the product line because i mean i knew about it because i'm your friend but i actually really felt that from you like there was no real strategy plan there was but there wasn't you know you're like i'm building this website it's going to go live soon but there wasn't like a whole hoopla uh, like this is how i'm going to do it and this is it just ta-da here it is (laughs) um so i've always felt that from you and I feel like that goes alongside the energetic frequency of staying in your own lane, mm. which is also so important. And I know you and I, you've been riding it for a while. And I feel like I'm now, I've been in and out of it right. for quite a few years. Yeah. And this year I'm like fully, fully in it. And it feels so fucking good. Um, and we don't, when I say stay in our own lanes, it's not like we're ignorant to everything around us. It's just like understanding who we are, where we stand and and what we're about. And that's really staying in your own lane and then creating from that place, which Mm -hmm. I think is an important invitation for anyone listening or watching is when you create from that place, it's easier to create from your own soul, from the depths of, of who you be versus from who you think you need to be. Right. Like, I don't think you would have, if you were trying to, control how you're being perceived i don't think you would have created conjuring oils no (laughs) definitely not (laughs) you know or like witchy candles no uh it would have looked and felt really different and i know i I think you did experience a little bit of like what the fuck is this when you started putting it out is that right still still from people like yeah. anti-witch? Well, I, I, I don't, I, and I think that I'm, this might make, I think that sometimes this makes me sound like full of myself and it's so not, but it's just like people that, that are like that, they just don't come into my space. Right. And one of my, cause one of my friends, she asked me, she's like, do you get like, um, people sending you like, you know, trolls and all this? And I'm like, no, I don't. I honestly mm-hmm. don't. And she's like, 
I'm, I don't understand why. And I'm like, I just don't think that they, I think that they, it's like with the pasta thing, like maybe they tried to throw it and it, but it just doesn't stick. Cause mm-hmm. I honestly don't care. Cause you're in your own lane. I just, yeah. I'm like, right. <laughs> if you don't like it, then don't buy it. Right. right? And, and this is kind of where, um, what I was saying in the beginning, like with the marketing of the book, like I can't do it. Like I just can't even, I tr- I'll try to, you know, so for instance, um, I've been getting a lot of people, including your lovely self that are like, you should get your products, um, in stores or in different places. And for me, I'm like, I tried it a little bit, but it's just like something about it is not resonating. And yesterday I picked up a bunch of my products from this lovely store that, but they had to shut down cause they're, uh, changing their business model. And when I picked up the products, like I had this feeling that they just, cause they're so pers- they're very personal and, and they feel like my like little, you know, they all have like, I see all of the products, like all the candles, like they are actually representatives of beings that I've connected to and worked with. So like the weaver, like I know the weaver, right? Like it's not just like a candle. This is a being that's being represented through. So when you work with the weaver, you're working with the weaver. Um, you know, the huntress, like these are all characters that I've sat with and um, worked with for months before they become these physical candles. And when I picked them up, I had this feeling of like, not that they weren't taken care of, but that they they wanted to come home. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it was weird, but I just, it kind of reminded me of like one of the, uh, a friend of mine in Sweden and she's a, a Nordic witch and she's very specific about how she um, shares her product, her creations. Cause they're like, they're very sacred in how she creates them. She works with her ancestors, how she packages them. It's all very slow and there's so much reverence to the process. You can't be like, hey, can you like express ship it? She's like, no, I, I, I absolutely cannot because you can't rush spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, it feels like that with these. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's kind of the thing that I feel like is sometimes it's almost like it ends up being a good quality of mine in the long run. But sometimes I'm like, I wish that I was sometimes a little bit more chill about the process <laughs> when someone's like, hey, do you want to like bring your stuff into my store that I I could like shut down right. that part of me that's like, it's not meant to be here. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But as you were saying that, I started reflecting, I was reflecting on my own book process and then the process of creation as a whole. Mm. Um, because again, in our industry, in industry air quotes, <laughs> everyone's creating something, right? you know, whether it's podcasts, videos, books, whatever it is, products, yeah. journals, whatever. Yeah. And, and it feels like people are just like creating and spewing shit out. Mm-hmm. And when I, had my book come out. I mean, you remember this. I was like wanting to do a book launch, but I was not in a good place emotionally. And and there was just a lot going on and didn't happen. And now when I look, and then I was supposed to do the, at the one year anniversary, I was planning a book launch, like a book anniversary party. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just about to sign the contract for the location and then Leah went missing. And I was like, okay, not going to do it now. Yeah. Um, but now as I sit here, I reflect back and I'm like, no, but this is how it meant it was meant to be. I mean, I never felt right about one doing the influencer type event for my book because my book is 
speaking it's against, against that. that. Yeah. So it never made sense. And two, there's like a reverence that I really have for my book, which is what I hear you speak about with your mm-hmm. products and your book. Mm-hmm. is like that real reverence for what it's become and mm-hmm. what it is versus like, here's something I did and this is how great it is. Like it can stand alone yeah. as something of quality of value and like something that is like this gift to the world. Mm-hmm. And I have found myself feeling so humbled anytime someone still shares my book because I'm like, wow, oh, it yeah. found its way to you. That's yeah. great. And I feel like that's what is happening now and I'm honoring that more and more Mm -hmm. and it goes back to what you were saying about humanity and us like evolving so rapidly we're being pushed back to Mm -hmm. the old slower way of doing things right and that's also with creation I believe is like to create but then to honor one the the process of creation to the process of birthing that creation and three of allowing that creation to weave its way Mm -hmm. without forcing it to happen totally yeah Yeah. well and I think um I've become really aware of that with a product-based business Mm -hmm. because I can't even imagine by the way what it's like to have a product-based business I don't know how you do it Right before, as I was in the space of um, working with the concept of Nightwing Goods and like receiving the name and, you know, it was like a year process of from the point of thinking about it to the inception of the idea to turn creating a store and having products. Um, but I had a couple conversations with other friends and mystics and they were all like feeling this connection for me around like tangible product like tangible working with real physical like earth almost Mm -hmm. which is so funny because it was like the process and I know you get this now which is always so we're very it's interesting how aligned our journeys Mm -hmm. have been right um but after blue and ollie dying I talk about slow, like I had to really allow so much time and space for myself to really walk through this massive initiation that was, um, that started with blue and, and blue was really the catalyst, um, for it, but then sort of like continued with Ollie and those deaths were so they were they're like to to this day my biggest teachers um the you know i mean there's no words mm-hmm. for what blue taught me and it's like I, still it's been years and i can immediately feel the intensity and the depth of what he taught me through his death um but it was like i had to go through this death process and ollie i've had him for 13 years so with him dying i died the all 13 years of me died mm-hmm. with Ollie and you know talking about what you noticed in you know I guess how I showed up on social media that really was completed with Ollie's death because it was almost like Ollie knew that it was also all of this chapter had to close and in order for it to close he had to die mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it felt like he was like and that's why to me animals are so the contracts that we have with animals is so um, inexplainable because they 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 come with this knowing of what they're here 
to work with what we're here to work with together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like sometimes they're short and sometimes they're long yeah. and we don't know. But when Ollie died, so much of me died and I had to really go slow in that journey of like, I couldn't just like bounce back and do stuff. And, and mm-hmm. I wanted to, I was like, Oh, I have this idea for like, I, I, I wanted to do a group program or class, which I'm so done with, but call <laughs> I would keep trying to do them and I'm like, why am no. I, I don't, yeah. this is not for me, but it was called the conjurers workshop. And it mm-hmm. was like t- for, uh, you know, people to do, to learn how to do spells and all this. And I was really excited about it, but it was like, again, I just, it was like, no, it's not time. Like you need to, people were signing up. So it wasn't that like people weren't signing up, people were signing up, but I was like, I can't do this right now. It's not time. I need to honor, I need to honor Ollie. And this was like seven months after Ollie died. So there was definitely a slowness. And I think that that journey, because I really allow or didn't even allow it, just like walked it, um, it, it in, allowed in this new um, chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's, and that was where Nightwing Goods showed up. And it was mm-hmm. like, you're working with earth, you've walked through death. And so now you're going to start to create with your hands and you're going to start to bring these teachings and this wisdom that you've learned and and been initiated through and start to actually um bring it into the physical Mm -hmm. and that's what nightwing goods has been for me has been a way for me to really um like because nightwing goods challenges me for sure in that it's like yeah sometimes i'm like I honestly don't know if anyone's going to fucking buy this. Like, yeah. But truly in true Chloe fashion, it's like, I'm obsessed with it. So I'm just right. going to, I'm just going to do yeah. it. Um, and I, and I tend to not overthink it, but there are things, you know, it's the consumerism industry. And you, at first I was like, I, I think I texted you about this. It was like, you, you kind of just want to like put everything out immediately and like, yeah. But very quickly you realize, and I think that I learned this with the book and everything, it's about what can you hold and Mm -hmm. what are you willing, like what can you actually really stand with? And, you know, it's like that takes something to to hold in a sustainable way. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the key. And it goes back to what we're talking about, like been here, you know, been around for 10 years or whatever. Like a lot of people will do something and it's like very exciting and flashy and all this shit but it's not sustainable because they haven't done they haven't done the they haven't worked the foundation they haven't walked in the dark so that they can hold well it's not coming from a place of a solid foundation yeah it's coming from a place and of reverence. like a desire to achieve something make money be famous right. whatever be seen be yeah. acknowledged versus doing the work to be who you need to be to hold the space for that. And it is crazy how similar our journeys are. Like it's insane how similar our journeys are. And like with closing out this chapter with Leia, and again, I can't be super public about all the details, but very similar. Mm -hmm. Um, There has been this slowing down process and Mm -hmm. it's been part of my journey since I started doing plant medicine in 2018. So I feel like I've been in this four year death cycle, but the climax really was Leia. Yeah. And I had been slowing down throughout those years. Like I went from so doing videos every day, yeah. literally every day. I remember. Insane. Yeah. Two podcast episodes a week. I know. Insane. To now just being like, this feels good. This is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take my time with this, even though this feels super exciting. 
I'm just going to like let it come when it needs to come, let it arrive when it needs to arrive. And even just before you showed up at the house today to record, I was telling Kevin and I were talking and I was like, oh, you know, Sage, my producer, we're just experimenting right now. And I'm not like, I don't need to have the new artwork out. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have everything perfect. Like, we're just going to take our time with it. And his face kind of like was a different expression. And I was like, are you proud of me? He's like, yeah, very proud of you. Yeah. It's just so different. And again, it's the letting go of the control, which Mm -hmm. I think human beings have brought in from the separation with nature because nature is not controlled. Mm -hmm. And when we allow ourselves to do that, is it scary? Of course it is. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more possibility. Yeah. And it feels once you get past that initial fear the shock, I think it's the yeah. shock to the body because you're not used to operating in this way. Right. It feels really good. And then it becomes really easy to see what feels or feel what's aligned and what's not aligned. Totally. And so I think with your product line, like it's been really beautiful to witness you again, like just, okay, first here's my witch's brew, which by the way is Chloe's version of Agua de Florida mm-hmm. for all my plant medicine ceremony friends. This is now what I've switched to. It is the best Florida water. It's also not filled with all the chemicals. And for those of you who don't know, Agua de Florida is super toxic. Yeah. Um, Got lots like of shit in there. Hella toxic. Yeah. Um, which is bruised not. But you started with that. And then I think you moved on to the conjuring oils or the candles. So like it was one at a time. Well, so Witch's Brew, uh, I had out before Nightwing Good started. Right. So it was branded under Channel by Chloe. So that was kind of like me testing, mm-hmm. not even testing. It was just me doing shit and being like, oh, this is kind of fun. And like, right. I'm having fun making it and sending bottles to people and seeing people like it. Like yeah. that was kind of cool. And so then Nightwing Goods, like we had created conjuring oils were, was the next thing that we branded, but we didn't, we launched it all together. So Got it. the first, when we launched the shop in October, it launched with uh, the Weaver and our um, Black Vessel Night Seer candle, which was like, mm-hmm. of course, got to have the Night Seer. And then we had the conjuring oils, Witch's Brew and the tote bag. And then we, like in January, was it January? December, I think we launched four new candles, Mustang, Songbird, Huntress, Mm -hmm. which are the colored seven day. Yeah. Um, And then the Coven is in the Black Vessel candle, which I really, it's, it, it, the Coven, when we, when, when we landed on that smell, it was like, this smell feels like it's going to be familiar to, like it smells Mm -hmm. different to every person. And it's just, it's a really beautiful candle. And then I also created a travel size for the witch's brew Mm -hmm. because people were like, I need to be able to bring this on the plane. And I was like, I literally take witch's brew with me, the full size, because I didn't have the travel size. We got to get you a travel size. Everywhere. (laughs) I have Hotels, like when I travel, it comes with me. Yeah. I mean, that was the, and that's the thing is for me is like, it's everything that you find in, in the shop is something that I am I am using all the right. time. And that that because and it's again, it's like how I roll. I can't but create something like, that I'm not in love right. with. And this is what I wanted to draw the point to is to bring creation back to like creating from a place of creation mm-hmm. versus from a place of force. Right. Versing from a place of um trying to control optics versus from a place of trying to prove who you are to the world. Yeah. 
but you're talking about creation from a place of joy, yeah. from a place of like what feels really good, what feels aligned, what is something that you would truly use and bring into your world and your life. Right. And then creating from that place, which feels like where we all ought to be, mm. you know, but we've gotten things so twisted with just what the world has become yeah. and the consumerism that we've lost touch with that. So I love seeing you put your products, put Nightwing goods out into the world from that place mm. because I think it's really felt. You know, even when I took Chloe to a few spots in Austin where I know the owners and I was like, here, let me just try and pimp you out. I'll be the witch's <laughs> pimp, right? And they were talking about the number of candles and you literally, like, instead of being like, oh, yeah, we can produce that, which is what most people will say, yeah. right? Like, oh, for sure. I'll get it done. I'll figure it out. Right. You were like, um, so I limit <laughs> production because I really care about who buys the stuff. <laughs> like, it was literally something like that. And I was like, wow, look at her staying in her own fucking lane. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, and I, it's, it's something that I've become, I, cause I launched, we launched the shop in October and then it was like Black Friday. Yeah. Cyber Monday, all that shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so overwhelmed by it I didn't participate in any of it but I just felt this like foreign energy come into me being like you know if you're it, it wasn't in it, I didn't think it but it was like you need to do something and I was like yeah I am not doing this because you know it just it felt so strange and that's something that feels really important for me because uh yeah like people have been like oh you should get witches brewing like urban outfitters and all this and i'm like and it goes back to like I, I the idea of these bottles sitting on a shelf for months like i don't know it just doesn't feel right something about it doesn't feel um in alignment and you know our candles like they're poured by this one amazing woman staff who is about to give birth um, any day. And I should probably, I'm not going to say what the, the name of the baby is, but let's just say it's crazy and so connected to Nightwing Goods. But you know, it's like this one woman and she's pouring them and we're working together. So it's like, I also don't want to be like stressing her out. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I really, you know, so like one of our new candles that I just told you about before, I mean, is it going to be out by this time? Will it be out? Can we talk about it? It It's uh, April 3rd. If it's not out, it's like coming out okay. very, 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 very soon. But I can't, I don't know if it'll definitely be out, but it's a, it's a, I can talk a little bit about it. I mean, it's, it's a candle. So when I, when these candles all came out, um, one of my guides is, uh, a very strong Nordic man from the past <laughs> and he's, he's intense. Like he, he, um, you don't, and he's one of the ones that, um, he was, he, I didn't feel him for, so I think he was around when I was a kid mm. and I, and I saw, cause I saw someone that reminded me of him, but I was afraid of him. And so he's kind of like been hiding for a mm -hmm. lot of years and he sort of with my reclamation, he's like this, he came, started to emerge. Um, and he's really a big part of the guy guiding force with Nightwing Goods. And he's like trying to get me to do some pretty, um, like that's where I'm like, oh, I don't know if like, I'm, you know, it's like very intense 
uh, creations that are really like, you know, into the Nordic traditions. But one of the things that I was feeling was that I needed to have a candle that was super representative of death mm-hmm. and the process, the journey of death, the importance of death. And it's like, I just did a conversation with one of my mediumship, mediumship teachers the other week, and we, like on a live thing. And we were like, you know, riffing on death. And she's like, we're those two weirdos who are like talking about death. Like it's like cupcakes. And it's like, I really love the conversation of death. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm so drawn to it. Um, I, I love death. I mean, it's kind of sounds weird, but mm-hmm. it's true because for me going through my own deaths and experiencing death, there's nothing that, uh, calls you in to the truth like death mm-hmm. does. And whether it's a good death or a bad death. And that's also something around language. It's like the conversation where if, um, you know, if it's like a child and, or, a, you know, like a teenager or a young adult or 30 year old, 40 year old say they were too young to die. Mm-hmm. It's this idea again, that we're so, we're so disconnected from the process of death right. because, you know, I mean, I'm dr- driving over here, dead skunk on the road, dead, um, raccoon, mm-hmm. you know, it's like death is around us all the time, but, but we're so, afraid to to let it into our house and that's like i don't know if you remember my book where when ollie uh when we put ollie down euthanized Mm -hmm. ollie the woman that did it ollie welcomed her into the Mm -hmm. house like hey come on in right and it was such a sacred moment for me because i was like ollie is loving on this woman and i believe the animals have deep wisdom and knowing and ollie was very Ollie, you know, there were a lot of signs that showed up um, and stuff that he was communicating with me the days leading up to it, where he was like, I'm ready to go. Like he had a huge tumor growing in his mouth. It was like necrotic tissue mm-hmm. and he loves food. So he was like, ah, this is a nightmare. Um, so it's like he welcomed death in and was like, grab a seat, come mm-hmm. on in. And to me, like that was such a, it's so important. So this new candle is even though I'm sure tons of people are not going to like it. Mm-hmm. And that's completely fine with me. Like that was one of the things the candle maker, she was like, so she, she poured the first one and she was like, this guy showed up. He's like a Nordic guy. I was like, oh yeah, that's him. Like, don't <laughs> worry. That's my guy. Yeah. And she went through this huge death process, pouring the candle, mm-hmm. um, where for a day she was sort of like out of sorts. And she's like, maybe we should put a warning on this candle. I was like, I mean, the warning is, is in the name, you know, it's like, so yeah, we got a death candle coming. Um, but that's the thing for with, I can't make stuff based on the idea that maybe people will like it or not. No, It's just like, I'm making it because I'm being guided to make it and I'm feeling excitement around making it. Mm -hmm. And that's, hopefully people like it but honestly if they don't it's fine i don't care yeah because <laughs> i do <laughs> exactly again bringing joy back into creation and bring creation into alignment with right you know our truths yeah we can as always talk, talk. forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> episode four uh yeah there'll be a part four coming up so as we are nearing the completion of this specific episode i would love for you to share one potent truth that you want to leave our listeners and our viewers with i would say right now i mean just what we're just talking about i would say that sounded very canadian um just <laughs> talking about it um be willing to do what others won't like mm. yeah yeah simple short yeah. 
to the point. Yeah. I love that. Sort of wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for your products, people can head to Nightwing Goods, yeah. which I'm super excited. All of the links are going to be in the show notes, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a platform. And um, we can also follow you on Instagram channel by Chloe. FYI, there's only one real account. There's a bunch oh of fakers. Fuck the fakers. Yeah. Her channel by Chloe. There's no underscores. No double E. No yeah. double C. There's no weird numbers. There's no <laughs> underscores. There's no spaces. It's just channel by Chloe. Um, but thank you so much for for being here again, despite all the tech <laughs> issues we had before hitting record. Um, fine with it. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being the embodiment of like your truth, because Mm -hmm. that really is reflected in the work that you're doing in the world. And it probably is inspiring a lot more people than you know, Mm -hmm. for people witnessing you standing your truth so boldly and just being in your own lane and and enjoying your creativity. Like that is so refreshing from what everyone else is doing. So thank you for being that. Thank you so much, Ruby. And I I was feeling into this before and I just seeing you evolve and walking through what you've walked through. I really I'm loving who you're stepping into. It feels really powerful. And you're so you're you're so generous, like your spirit is so generous. And I think that's part of why you're guided to work with leaders, because you can see how much you light up about sharing the sharing others with the world like you see people's gifts you're very good at being able to see what people how people are like what their gifts are and what they what makes them unique Mm -hmm. and it's really beautiful and I can see that you're it's becoming more potent Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm really honored and thank you for having me here three times (laughs) (laughs) round four coming soon coming soon thank you thank you Thank you for joining me for another episode of Potent Truth, where I am taking you on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. This episode with Chloe was an incredible episode. As always, please connect with us on social media. You can connect with Chloe at Channeled by Chloe or Nightwing Goods. And of course, you can connect with me at I Am Ruby. You'll find those links in the show notes, as well as links to Chloe's new shop, Nightwing Goods. Be sure to also grab a copy of our books while you're at it. Chloe's book, Revealed by the Darkness, is available at her shop. And you can grab my book, Potent Leadership, on Amazon and Audible. Be sure to text hashtag Potent Truth to 1781 to start receiving weekly potent reminders. Thank you so much for being part of the Potent Truth movement. Be sure to check back on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho leaders. <laughs>